Hello and welcome to another Potter's podcast. Hello. After, hello. <laughs> <laughs> uh, different show to normal. There's Mark's joining me on the phone. So two game. Well, compared to last week's where it was all happy, cheerful, we turned the corner. We went on Tuesday and lost one nil to Sheffield Wednesday, and then went to Millwall and lost two nil. So have we turned the corner, Mark? No, not really. I mean, I felt sorry, I felt sorry for him a little bit Tuesday because. Obviously, we, when you have two injuries, first off, especially when the two you, you sort of players who've been doing well in previous games, it, it, it doesn't do very well for the rest of the game. So I'm not trying to make excuses, but it, it's not it's not great for you, is it, at that point? So, but then obviously Saturday, I mean, it, it was just diabolical, really. Saturday for me. I mean, what frustrates me a little bit is the fact that obviously. He didn't want to be classed as being a tinker man or anything like that. But then he's moving people out of position again. He's doing what he was doing three weeks ago. Yeah, but, four weeks ago. but has he got uh, two again? Well, this is what, one question I wanted to ask you because I didn't know whether... Um, was Tom Edwards or Tommy Smith not fit? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, Tommy Smith thinks... I don't think we'll see him again unless a new manager comes in. Um, and Tom Edwards, I, I don't think... I think he had a bit of a knocked into on against Chef Wednesday but before before we go into that we're going to have to talk about Sheffield United Sheffield Wednesday anyway I mean fair enough we lost 1-0 I mean to be fair we it was for me it was a dogged away game I think that deserved a 0-0 draw but Liam Lindsay you cannot defend like that in any shape of football if I if you had a defender that did that in Sunday League football lads and dads you'd go mental this is a highly paid professional Air shot of football. Well, I think it's we had nothing up front either, did we? Well, we know that anyway. We know that anyway. It doesn't matter if we have Lionel Messi in our strike force. We haven't got anybody to pick out a pass. There's no creativity in that team at all. No. No. I mean, we said it midweek, didn't we, that um, even if we did have anyone up front, there's nobody supplying anything anyway. There's, there's so. nobody there. Nobody there at all. There's literally nothing on... I mean, you can't even break into playing 4-4-2 because who's going to play on the wings? You've got Tom Ince, who we, we know is inconsistent. We know, we've got James McLean, who, yes, will run around and look busy, but has got no real quality. Crosses go everywhere, left, right and centre. You've got nobody in midfield who can pick a pass, apart from maybe Ryan Woods, who's in the under-22 side. Not get to ball, I think you'll see. no. Like I say, I mean, he don't want to be classed as a tinker man. Well, if you're looking at the team on Saturday, he's changed everything round again. Yeah. So, I mean, he's got, got it down here as Gregory out wide. It wouldn't surprise me. It, it wouldn't yeah. surprise me at all. I mean, when you go back to the game against Sheffield Wednesday, I mean, I know it was a... You know, it was basically an error that cost a goal. But it was a decent performance. It was an hard place to go. They're in form. And I'm not too bothered about that, but I thought, well, let's bounce back against Millwall, let's go out and perform. Even if we get a draw, it's the return of Gary Rowe, which we're going to go into later. For me, you can't you can't play like we did on Saturday. I mean, the first goal, was it Jed Wallace who scored the first goal? I, mean, I can't name a Millwall player. It's Jared, uh, no, it was uh, Ben Thompson who got the first. The ball came, floated into the middle. Joe Allen lets him knock him on the floor. This bloke's on his own. In the box, yeah. four players around him, and he can still get the shot off. The thing is, I think, I mean, I've looked today and I've seen fans squabbling today online amongst each other a bit, and you just think, me 
both tried. We've changed his mind here and there, but we've tried back him. We have tried back him. We said that he could be somebody for the future. He could grow this club and stuff, but it's getting to the point now where I don't even care if he left tomorrow and I don't even care who comes in as long as somebody comes in and just picks us up so we're watching something better than what we're watching at the moment. Well, I mean, I'm at the point now where I think Nathan Jones, for the good of, for the good of Stoke and for the good of Nathan Jones, Jones needs to do what Rowett's done now with Millwall. Go off, go to somewhere where the club can actually help you build a team that you want to play. Stoke aren't that club. We need an old, we need an old spidey head that can have crap players and turn them into good ones, like Thulis. If if Jones went tomorrow, he'll go with my good wills because I know he's a talented manager. I know he's a good manager. The players have let him down that much this season. That I hate them players. If somebody said to me, you've got a name on the back of your shirt, I just wouldn't buy a shirt. I'd say, no, you can keep the free shirt, because none of them deserve to be on the back of my shirt. I'd put an old player's name on. Uh, yeah, I would, because every single player on that pitch doesn't deserve my credit at all, except maybe in Die. And Die probably does, because he's come back and become the catalyst now for that team. I mean, when you saw that, did you see that first shot in the first half that just went wide of the post? I think it, well, I think it was... Uh, Marsh, I'm not sure who it was who had the shot so like I say I don't know their players but he had his shot but Endai was screaming at his players how have you let him get this space and you can see that these players they just don't know what they're doing the clueless rubbish yeah the thing is though mate he's, he's a quality footballer and he's obviously played with better footballers as well and he's probably looking at some of these going well we're not, not even good enough at this level it's embarrassing for some of them as far as I'm concerned because some of them are, I mean not all of them but a few of them have played at Premier League I think well yeah I mean the have all played at Premier League well most of them have played at Premier League anyway but yeah you just look at what we brought in there's no creativity there there's no skill there there's no ability there we can, we can sit here all day and blame Nathan Jones for this and for that. The performance yesterday was littered with errors from individual players. You can't coach that out of a player. You can't get a team together and go, right. You can't sit there and go, right, Liam, if you do an air shot, do this to recover. You can't coach stuff like that. That's you can't the thing is what I feel sorry for him is is that you look at it the way we defend and the way we've been playing all this season every game we've lost and every game we've dropped points and it's down to the players making ridiculous mistakes week in week out and then you've got people online like Steve Turnbull for example who, who, who was eating him from day one just jumping on his back saying he's not he's not the right man he's out of his depth he's, he's the wrong man for the job but he, he, he's not helped by idiot players that don't know what they're doing. You know, like the, like the mistakes against Millwall. I can't think who it was who, who did score, who got the penalty, but he ran past three players and then a desperation tackle went in. I mean, what in what world are these players doing the job? So, well, as you look at their lineup, I mean, they complete nobodies. No, they are. The thing is, Stoke's full of somebodies who are individuals. There's no knit-together squad there. There's no left-back. There's no consistent midfielders that can create chances. Joe Allen, again, at fault for the first goal, did nothing all game. He's in the top five of the highest-paid players in the championship. The thing is, though, you look at, look at like, the, the, that was Robert's first game, and 
he's come in to a Millwall club to a club who was struggling his formation was 4 4 one, one. Yeah. and you think why has he done that because he doesn't want to lose that's the thing with Rowett he, he might not win everything but he didn't want to lose he made sure he didn't lose <laughs> do you know what I mean he might draw 20 games but if you're not good enough he'll make sure that you're not going to go down because you're still collecting points well this this is what I'm going to go into now so we're going to talk about Rowett Rau- Rau- of course his first game for Millwall against Stoke 1-2-0 had a little bit of a jibe at the Stoke fans at the end of the game as well, you know, because they were giving him stick all the way through. Were we right to sack Gary Rowett last season? I think, I, I genuinely think that the fans turned on him too soon. I mean, at the end of the day, he hadn't lost in 10. I know there was a lot of draws in there, but I mean, he's won one game at Millwall, they're up to 15th. <laughs> By just doing the jobs properly. Simple as that. And the thing is, for us, playing 14 games and won two, it, to me, I don't know why people are sitting there going, well, we'll keep, we'll keep Nathan Jones, he'll turn it. Or when? Because before you know it, you've played 28 games and you're still no better off. It's too late then. Well... You know, if you're going to change things, you need to change it too. But the problem is that I don't see somebody coming in and being able to change it. Well, for me at the moment, I mean, we, we just, we're discussing Gary Rowett and I think that I don't think like I don't care what anybody says. Terry Conroy, Dennis Smith, Ange, off not FM, Russell, whoever. I don't care what anybody says. These managers are not getting the players they want. I don't care what they keep saying. They keep coming out going that manager's got every single player he wanted. Absolute bollocks. No way. Absolute bollocks. They are not getting what they want. You're looking at that squad. Rowett, I think, did incredible jobs. He was trying to stable the club, stop us losing because the horrible mentality was in there, filtering through what he had, look at this, but didn't lose any games, kept drawing. Yes, he wasn't winning many, but he was he was stopping the rot. The Stoke fans turn on him, get him sacked. We bring in a talented manager, give him no money, really, and expect what? The same team from last season to automatically become a promotion favourite. And this is where it comes down to. It, it, it doesn't matter if a new manager comes in, because we're going to have the same problem. Yeah, you're just going to have what's it? It's going to be the same problem where this manager's got to make do with the crap we've got, can't do it, and then it, it's six months down the line we're sacking him to bring a new man in. We yeah. need change. And change isn't going to come from sacking a manager. Change is going to come by getting rid of the top level. Trouble is, though, a lot of these people who are making out he's had everything given to him. Nathan Jones already said in pre-season that he had a pool of players for each position. Yeah. He admitted that. It's on YouTube. The video's there for all to see. If people haven't seen it, find it. Because at the end of the day, he's already said that there has to be decided about a choice of player. And like we said before, I genuinely think it's not just Jones. I think Rowett didn't get a pick either. I think he had to really claw his way to what he wanted. Yeah. Because the problem is, it's like a phobia. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think he wanted a phobia, to be fair. I wanted a phobia because he was... He, he can be quite clinical at this level. You can have failures. Everyone has failures, don't you? You see players move and it doesn't work out. There's been plenty in the Premier League who are top, top players. They've moved... And then they, it's not really worked out that club, so they've got to move again. So the problem is with Stoke, it's like a it's like a double edged sword a bit because you've got ones who aren't good enough from day one, then you've got ones that have come in who are good enough, but it's not worked. And and it's like 
Oh, it is. I, I genuinely believe we could go down this season. Yeah, no, I do. I, I genuinely, after, after, the result, after that result yesterday, and looking at what's going on at the club, and like again, there's nothing coming out of the upstairs departments yet again. The skulls is quiet, goats is quiet. And, I mean, the quicker they go, the better for me now. I've, I've had enough of our board, because I'll be honest, I'm going to go into the next subject now. Is this... Is this now time to forget about what Peter Coates did in the past and start looking at what the club's doing now? Well, the, the thing is, mate, I, a lot of people have disagreed with me at work about it, but the thing is, there's, there's no there's no love loss in football, never has been. It's all right being nostalgic about people. You've only got look at other clubs who've done it. Do you know what I mean? Look at United. Every time it's, things are going badly, they talk about Ferguson. Well, that's in the past now. You've got to look to the future. And and the thing is, all we ever talk about is, well, Coach pulled us out the mire and he saved us money-wise. He did this and did that. Look at when we got to the FA Cup final. And you're thinking, yeah, but that's in the past. It's about, it's about nearly eight, nearly ten years ago now. Oh, the thing is, at the end of the day, do you think we're going to feel in the same way? Oh yeah, well we won the FA Cup, don't we? Get to right, Man City. It's different for them, well, isn't it? Right now, because we're like struggling every single season. They'd want a change, but they still want a change. I think I think it's different for Wigan, though, isn't it? Because they won it. It's something to be proud of in your lives. I mean, if, if we saw Stoke win the cup, I probably wouldn't be. I wouldn't be as argumentative now because I've, I've always said since I was a young kid, I've always dreamed of seeing Stoke win the FA Cup. FA Cup, yeah. And then that that'd do me. If I just see Stoke win the FA Cup, that that'd do me for that's my dream. I've always just wanted to see Stoke go be go at the final and watch Stoke lift the FA Cup. That's just something I've from a young lad. I've always just wanted to see, and you know when you're that close. But the fact is, you have to go back to it now, and it's not just Nathan Jones that's had this problem with great with his team creating chances. Mark Hughes had the problem with that in his last in his last two seasons, where he didn't have anybody creating chances. We haven't fixed it in four, in three to four windows. Then you got then you got Paul Lambert, whose team couldn't create chances. And fair enough, he only, he only had he only had half a window and he didn't have time. So forget Paul Lambert. Gary Rowett came in six months, couldn't create chances. Yeah. Two windows have passed there. Not only that, spent sixty odd million. Still haven't brought a player that can create chances. Nathan Jones has had a window, but still. We can't create chances. No, it's not like you say. It's not. It's, it's not been um, something that's happened overnight. It's it, it's been going on for years. It's been going yeah. on for years. That we, I mean, it, we have to look at how, we, how we're doing business. It's like stupid mistake. Like we can't blame Gary Rowitz for Tony Scholes giving James McLean a four-year contract to a twenty-nine-year-old. Yeah, it, I mean, to me, if you're if you're struggling, you give people one. Two years tops, because the thing is, if it doesn't work, you can get rid of them quick enough. And then if it turns out that they are good enough and things are going well, then you might offer an extension. And then you go right, well, you've done really well for us. You've had a great season. If you want to stay, we'll offer you another year. But it, That's how you do it. People walk through Stoke stores. It's like, oh, do you want to stay for four or five years? It's all right, yeah. yeah. You're not proven. Don't matter. Come in. Don't, just. It's not just business problems. For me, when I look at how Stoke do business in the transfer window and do all this, it's like a business deal. Like, if you, if you were a company and you go, who's the cheapest 
but got a good record. Oh, he's the cheapest. We'll have him in. But he's doing a job in a factory or doing a job in a in a whatever whatever the business is. Football's different. These are footballers. You have to judge them on stats. You have to judge them on what they've done. And it's like Rowett's made it quite clear he wanted Matt Ritchie at the start. He wanted Matt Ritchie. He was going to cost him 15 mil and a higher wage bill. I think it was like 40 grand a week. So instead of getting in, we got Tom Ince. But Tom Ince's record in the championship is very irate. He had two okay seasons with Derby and then had a brilliant one and got the move to Huddersfield. He had one good year at Blackpool, but his second year, was his follow-up year, was pretty poor. So common sense would be, I'd look at those stats and go, let's just get Richie in because he's proven. Look at his record. He got 14 assists for Bournemouth, getting him to the Premier League. He, he, he scored 10 goals for Newcastle in the Championship, helping them back to the Premier League. He makes sense. Let's go get him. His consistency's there. Everything's right. And everyone says, well, Newcastle kept all their best players and went back up. They had John Joe Shelby. Yeah, but they had John Joe Shelby, a creative midfielder that knows where to pass and move the ball. Nolan Bourne. Well, that's the first time. What about the second time where they came down with... But when they went down the first time, mate, I mean, the only player they lost was Mark Lewin. Oh, I know, yeah. I think Andy Carroll scored about 25 goals that season. Well, that's the thing. They found a youngster as well, didn't they, that that came through and, and really put in solid performances. But... The thing is with Stoke, I mean, how's it, how's it good business to give Joe Allen a new contract of 40, 50 grand a week when we're in the championship? Yeah, I still, I still stand by the loan signings, mate. No, that's how it should be. The way you've got to look at it a little bit is sometimes you see Premier League players who are not, they're nearly there, they're nearly ready, but then they look at it and go, boss, am I going to play? Not really, no. And then they, then they moved down one on loan. Tammy Abraham being one Villa. Yeah, Mason Mount. Not quite. Harry, not Harry quite Wilson. ready yet. Then he goes Villa. Oh, and Villa get promoted. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Harry Wilson, Derby. Yeah, fair enough. They get promoted, but they had a right good crack at it. And and, and the thing is, sometimes I don't know. We're just looking in all the wrong directions sometimes when it comes to players. At the end oh, of the day, oh, yeah. fair enough. Yeah. The coach family wants to save money. If that's how you want to run your business, that's fine. That's your choice. But if you want to save money, the loan market's where you need look sometimes, especially at championship level. Well, let's put it in this way. So the other, the, so let's look at the two teams that have come down, who came down with us. So you look at West Brom and you look at Swansea. Swansea last season just missed out on the playoffs. They yeah. finished ninth, didn't they? Eighth or ninth. West Brom finished third. Now, when they came down, they had a mass clear out. A ma- both teams, mass clear. Swansea pretty much didn't even have a team at one point because they let everybody go. They sold them, sold them, sold them, loaned them out, get rid of the egos, start, clear it out. Let's start again. Let's try bring some, some of his own young, young lads through and let's try and bring some decent loan signings in and some decent young lads that we can progress. Like that Azoro, um, Ollie McBurney came out of nowhere and a few other decent players sort of started gathering pace for Swansea. Stoke on the other hand decided, I know, we'll keep players that we don't really want. Like Joe Allen, 50 grand a week. Who, yeah, he's not good enough. He's, he's not good enough at this level. Never mind, he's been completely found out as a player. I'm surprised he keeps getting picked for Wales. You know, See, I, mean, I think the problem is, is that... For me, it's 
Swansea are quite lucky. I know what you're saying, they cleared a lot of people out, but at the same time, they've changed manager twice. I mean, Potter was there once before. Yeah, yeah, Potter was the now genius he's got behind. And they've had another lad in. And, and you just think, maybe they have road luck a little bit. But, like, West Brom, they've always been... It doesn't, I don't know what it is with West Brom. They come down, they're always fighting for the title. Aren't they? Every time. Well, yeah, pretty Every much, time yeah. they come down, they're always looking for come straight back but, up I mean, it's obvious when you look at their team I mean last season they had Rodriguez they loaned in Gale who they needed at the time they got rid of Rondon they got rid of they got rid of everyone pretty much who they didn't need they got rid of I think Matt Phillips but they kept they kept, kept players that were good or decent players they just weren't good enough for the Premier League so players like Matt Ritchie had lost his way a bit in the Premiership but now he's ripping the Championship up because this is his level probably so that's why West Brom, because West Brom don't really ever spend any money. They go up, they spend bits and bobs, but they don't really go for it. And then when they come down, they're still the same squad, it's still the championship squad. But the problem is with the, with the Stoke squad, it's like Jack Butland, why is he still at Stoke? If there was an £18 million offer that came in in the summer for Vingy, don't hold on for bigger money, because you're not going to get it. You know as well as I do, you're not going to get more than £18 million for Jack Butland. Now you'd be lucky to get 10 yeah, the thing Just is, he's got the nose off now because the thing is, the longer he sits on the bench, he could end up being only getting seven or eight for him. That's what I mean. He drops off even more because yeah. Stoke weren't smart enough to activate and get rid. And but the thing is, it should have been the year before. Stoke might have even got more when we first went down. Could have got twenty million. That could have made a big difference on who we were bringing in. So instead of getting James McLean, we could have got Ben Osborne, and then we could have let Joe Allen go for. Eight nine million. I mean, if eight nine million came in last season for Joe Allen, I would have snapped uh, the hands off just to get rid of yeah. him. Yeah, I would. I would get him off the books. Right? Get him off the books and rebuild. But the club didn't. It's like another stupid decision from the board. You can't blame the manager for this. Moritz Bowie giving him a, a contract extension and giving keeping him on forty five grand a week to play right back. Do you, know, do you know in the Premier League that half season when he played for Stoke do you know he played four games as right back that season so now it's three years on that well yeah. it's well, three years away yeah well near enough two seasons now isn't he but the fact is he played he played on the left wing and right back and sometimes left back when he first come when we, when we went down yeah we decided to give him Premiership money off four games for four or five games it's just calamitous decision making and now he's ripping it up at Celtic. Wouldn't you be looking at this on paper? I know that sounds a bit simple, but if you're sat in the office and you're talking about giving someone a contract, you look through and go, well, when's he played for? Well, some players you go, well, he scored the winning goal there, he did this, he did that. He's had a great, great couple of weeks just lately. And you go, yeah, we'll keep him on the books. Do you not think of looking at Bowers can go, well, he's played, he played once in September two years ago. He played in a Carling Cup game. <laughs> yeah. And you just think, nah, I can't offer him another contract. It's not, it's not, there's no point. Well, it's I mean, a contract. I mean, he had a, he, he had a big impact, didn't he, when he first came in? Him and, him and Di, both together. And you were expecting him to drop down to the Championship, and you expected him to rip up the league. Right. Even I did. Yeah. Even I did at the start of that season. You, you think, but I'm not a professional. You know, yeah. but the problem is, nobody in that board is. That, people in our board, in the Stoke board, are as professional as me. They know yeah. football as much as I do, was watching it and, and loving it. 
There's nobody in that board that knows how, what a footballer is or what's a good decision. You've, you've got Cartwright, for example. Cartwright was at the club for, what, nearly 10 years he was at the club. He was a failed player. He was a failed manager. Didn't do anything as a scout. But then made, made it quite good as a technical director in the lower leagues of football. And we decided to bring him in as our direct, uh, technical director. Because he did well. Get away with more at lower level, can't he? But that's what I mean. But we decide as a Premier League club, that's the man bring in. And then not change it for nearly 10 years. And think that that's good board sense. That makes sense. So after, after all them windows, you know, nearly five, six years of windows where we've had no success in the windy, you're not telling me that what after two windows you think, like, look at Brighton with the bloke we've just had, that chapel. We've just bought this chapel in now, aren't we, from Brighton. Brighton sacked him because, I think it was last season or the season before, he was bringing in foreign players that weren't making an impact. That striker, Florian Andone, scored two goals, I think, three goals. Labardi, that bloke they got from PSV, wasn't wasn't scoring enough goals, wasn't creating anything. So they sacked him, rightfully so. Because, yeah. you know, if you're starting to bring in unsuccessful players that might not be costing a load of money, but they aren't working, what do you do? You I guess so, right? If you leave any job and move on to another job, the next job will always ask you, why did you leave your last job? Yeah. Well, I didn't do very well at my last job. Yeah, uh, but, I kept so Stoke decided. Like, you just think, well, what did you do? Just lie in the interview. Yeah, well, I wrote such and such a kid, and then he went, not, went on and had a great career in League One or something. <laughs> I don't get it. You bring people in because they've done well. I get why we brought Nathan Jones in. Yeah. Because he was doing well. Well, this, this is the thing I'm going to go back to now with Nathan Jones. Like, if you, if you go back and look to Nathan Jones and his career, when he first stepped onto the scene when he got the job at Luton. When he got the job at Luton, fair enough, they were on a bit of a slide. They were on a bit of a slide, Luton with. But the fact is, the year before, they, they, won, the, they won the non-league. This was a winning team before Jones took over. They just lost away in, the, in, the, in League Two. Just had a bad year. He just had a bad year and decided to bring him in and he just got them going again. Then he, he brought through some young lads, did well and pushed on the difference is he's coming to Stoke where they've had three maybe four seasons of not performing they've had a relegation they had a disappointing season last year and to be honest I just don't think he can fix it I guess that's why no other managers are jumping at, at, at the chance well I mean if let's, let's be honest now so we'll put it in candidates like for me if Jones goes the only choice for me the only choice is Tony Pulis He's, for me, he's the only choice for Stoke now. He's the, he's only, the only choice. One out the rubbish. Because the problem is with, with Coates, this has happened before. It's happened in the 90s when Lou McCarry left. Lou McCarry quit the club because he sold Mark Sharon. He'd had enough. He left. Yeah. He had, I think, four or five cracks, and all of them were unsuccessful. Chris Kamari, I can't remember who, Brian Little, and there's a few others I just can't think of who they were. All of them were un- unsuccessful. All of them crumbled apart, and the club died because of it. Coach lost the club to the arse, had to sell the club to the Arslanders because the fans had had enough. It's reminding me of this again. And for me, if he needs, if he's going to fix it, he's going to have to go to Tony Peel and say, Tony, I need a favour from you. Come back, we'll give you whatever we can. 
just come and fix this this team again and get us getting some results on the table. For me, that's for me that's the only way the club can move forward because I think all the fans need to get on board with the change as well. I don't understand these fans who are arguing it well. We just got to back the team. Well, we just got to back the team. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You, you can't. Anything you can't. Sam, it could be facing. I know it sounds ridiculous, but if we carry on as we are, all them players that are supposed to be good will leave or get relegated. And then it's like, well, you're still not willing to spend any money. Then we're getting less money because we're in an even lesser division. So then it's like, well, what are you going to do if we're sitting 17th in League One? He's still going to sit there and go, well, should have spent money, shouldn't we, two years ago? Should have spent well, money. Not good should have spent money four or five years ago. It's as yeah. simple as that. The fact when is, the though. Coming in, that's the thing. When the Premier League money was coming in the bank and rolling in like it does, that's when you've got to start spending. Yeah. But I mean, when you come. It's not that, though, is it? We have spent on rubbish. Yeah, yeah, we, but we haven't we haven't spent big amounts, have we? We've spent really nothing to be honest, in the in the modern perspective. I mean, you've got you. The problem is when you look at it from in the past. We spent eighteen million pounds. The fact is, Imbula's cost us more than that in a way. He's cost us twenty odd million pounds, and it's that's because of board making decisions. Yeah, I mean, it, it goes all the way down. That the fact is, we've got a board that doesn't know how to fix it. They're bringing in different styles of managers, which again doesn't help. You bring in Gary Rowett, who, who I know why they brought him in. They bought Rowett in because they thought he is a young Tony Pulis, who can do the same as what Pulis did. We can give him rubbish players, or we can not rubbish players, but as-bins and mis disjointed players, and he'll turn them into decent players, like Pulis did when he turned a failed forward in Creswell into a wingy and got us promoted. But the fact is... Rowett couldn't do it. He, he just couldn't do it. He couldn't turn James uh, James McLean into Ryan Giggs. He couldn't do it. And the the fact is that you look around now, and then and the next manager they bring in is is the ultra ultra style Martin Klopp style manager that plays high pressing super fast football, but then give him no money. And you've got and you're telling him he's got to play with the man the, the other style of manager. It's like a complete flip reversal. It's like a seesaw. Defensive, oh now we'll have an attacking manager, but you haven't got the players to bring him in. Are you mad? That again comes down to board decisions and mistakes in the board. The fact yeah, is well, that the it's thing is that's, like you said a couple of weeks ago about Lambert. Lambert came in and didn't actually try and change a lot. All he did was is try to give him a little bit more art and commitment and say, right, you, you leave everything out on that pitch. And, and to be fair, in some games, I did see, like, the difference in in effort. And, and the thing is, like you say, when it's a yo-yo like that, you're not just going to turn a team from going one way to another way when the negativity in the club, it's still there, mate. Oh, yeah, the whole negativity's got to be there. It's going it's to be even worse next season because they'll lose, they'll lose about seven, 8,000 off the gate next year. They'll lose a lot of fans. Well, it's dwindling we now, but it's, I think, you know, it, think it really it's will. I thought next season. Uh, before, and, uh, it, it, it'd be hardly anybody there if they carry on. Well, I mean, to be honest, if, if the club doesn't get a purely sin, because because the, the fact is now, if you look at all these other candidates that people are talking about. He, they aren't going to come. Moyes won't come Stoke now. Sam Allardyce, no chance in a million years. You know, Alan Pardew, 
there's a he'll take it because nothing else is going to come his way and that's what I mean so there's no point for me I'd rather stick with Nathan Jones than bring a Pardew in or Steve McLaren in. Just stick with what we've got. People keep talking about Michael O'Neill. He's not going to leave the Northern Ireland job to come to Stoke. They're on the. They're near enough on the trouble bands are going down. Yeah. These candidates aren't going to come. The yeah. only the only man that we if we sat Jones, Stoke have got to have Tony Pulis. Simple as that. You won't sack him now. I think because he's won them two games. I honestly think he's going to go, well, we'll give him another month or two. Yeah, they probably will. He probably will. They probably will, because they'll, they'll say, oh, in January, he'll get these players in and everything will be okay. But the fact yeah. is, it won't. The fact is, it won't. The fact is, he hasn't got the players that he needs. He hasn't got them. They've had a go. They've given him a list of cheap rubbish that, that they can afford. And it's like, because they spent all that money last year, because they're stupid enough to give Bowie... Allen and keep hold of Butland it's crippling us financially yeah and that's why Jones has had to bring in players like Nick Powell and Liam Lindsay and Adam Davies and, and all these players because we've got no budget because we're wasting it on Joe Allen yeah, on wages on wages to pay him what's he worth I mean last season how many assists does Joe Allen make four five yeah. and he scored what three goals for a man who's on 50 grand a week. At that level, mate, at 50 grand a week, he should be scoring 15 goals. He should be scoring 15 to 20 goals a season, ripping the league up. He couldn't rip up, he couldn't rip up league two. It's like, it's like you look at his performance. His performance against, what was it, when, he, when he, I think he was man of the match voted. Was it, uh, it wasn't now. It wasn't Fulham, was it? Who was it? Uh, the one before. First one. 2-1. Uh, who was it now? Swansea. Yeah. He put a man of the match performance in against Swansea. I haven't seen him since. No. I haven't seen him for three games. Where's you, and then and then I wait there and I watch the highlights. Guess who? Guess who didn't get the tackle in and cost us a goal? <laughs> Joe Allen, yeah. who's on fifty grand a week. It's laughable. The thing is, the morale in the in the Watsonton the dressing room can't be good for me either because the thing is, you've got players on big money. Players on really low contracts, and it's just to me it's a bit mismatched because you could bring a kid in. Say for instance, Tyrese Campbell's had a great season, and he and he's already scored say eight goals or whatever. If you're sitting there going, yeah, but we still lose it because the likes of you aren't good enough. You aren't good enough, and you're on three times a wage, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's that's how it works. That's why. I do like the way Pulis did it, where he capped the wages and said, well, you're not coming in any higher than that, like with Carlton Cole, and never wanted him anyway. But, you love Carlton Cole. Um, he was come back to Carlton Cole. <laughs> he, just, well, he just wanted him in a stout top, didn't he? He just wanted Carlton Cole. He loved him, didn't he? He's got a good 20 pages or whatever. But, uh, he, he kept coming. He surely knocked on our door once and said, I'll come. He went, no, not on that money. <laughs> He wanted a lot of money, yeah, because he was at West Ham, wanted, but he was never consistent anyway. I mean, apparently it was a free, it was a free transfer. He wanted, and Stoke were trying to get him from West Ham, and he wanted more than what he was on at West Ham. And Stoke said, "What? What? <laughs> no, <laughs> it's just not." I think it was forty-eight grand a week he wanted. Yeah, 
and, uh, and the club just said no we just just get out my face <laughs> and, uh, well this is what I mean it's, it's gone wrong from then on because now we've got players who are on loads of money like Joe Allen and Bowie and in Bewley and in Dye and then you've got like like Etebo is on like is, is, is probably on half half as much as Joe Allen but he's a yeah, better player and he's a better player and, and we wonder why the managers can't get performances out of players well the fact is that all these players are looking at Joe Allen going you should be leading this team you should be the man that does all everything in that midfield you should be creating chances scoring the odd goal making nuisance to yourself but all he does is run around well that's that brings it back to like uh, remember when you were at school if you were on the bench and you played up front and someone was up front and they'd missed I don't know 10 chances and 3 or 4 of them were guilt touch and you're going why am I on the bench it's like that if you're sitting on the bench and you're on half the money and he's on 50 grand a week and you're going well it's just cost us 2 goals you've got boots you give away a penalty and I'm sitting on the bench what am I doing on the bench it's like Ryan Woods he must have disillusioned him thinking how am I not in this team well uh, or even on the bench for that matter well, it, the whole club's just disjointed from every point in the hole, and the, the only thing I can think is that do, do we need a new owners or do we need a, a new direction for the club? And I've been thinking about it all today, and I thought, is it time for Coates to go now before he gets even worse? Because the thing is, financial fair play it says next year, apparently, from what the rumours are coming out from the club, because we're giving Joe Allen, Imbuli, Bowie, Jack Butland all this big money. We can't afford to keep paying him, but they're on long contracts. I think Joe Allen signed a four-year deal, didn't he? So he's still yeah. got three years left on his contract. And Bueller's yeah. still got... I think we might be able to shift in Bueller next season. But then you've got Ndai. And I, but I think somebody will come in for Ndai, but it'll be a hell of a lot less than what we paid for. I mean, we had to pay, what was it, 15 million getting Ndai. We'll be lucky to get six. Yeah. Because of the way we are and the way, way things are going now. But the fact is, these players should have been sold. I mean, if there was an awful last season of eight million for Indai, yes, it isn't good business sense, but we had a relegation. So sometimes you can take a hit on a on a player and go, yeah, we bought him fifteen, but we'll sell him for eight just to get him off the wage bill. But that's eight million that the manager could use to bring a good player in. I genuinely think, though, if we had sold everybody that we've mentioned, we could have come down first season back in the championship and had about sixty odd million spent. Well, we spent 60 million anyway, didn't we? I know, but we could have another 60 million. Do you know what I mean? That's what I mean. You, could, you look at everyone who could have gone and Burley, Vermeer, Allen, Butland, and Dye. If you got rid of them all, because they, they didn't want play anyway, so. I, I just think we could have had a massive, massive amount of money and it could have been right, Rally. You've got some money spent here, and we, we won't stand in your way on who you want to spend it on. Mm. Yeah, they could have done. I mean, they could have built a really young, dynamic squad. They really could have. They could have bought very Cafobi and put Sam Vokes alongside him, which really would have suited the way that Rowett played. Uh, we could have bought Ben Osborne in, could have bought Ben Pearson in, and really brought some quality into the team that we, we didn't get. But instead, we tried to fix every problem in one window with a budget of £60 million. Before about about Gibson is the fact that the club didn't want to spend that much on on a young lad at the time, and it's like, well, yeah, but in that the manager's sort of call, 
I want this player, trust me, he's, he's, he's worth every penny. The problem is when I've seen James's uh, press conferences at the start of the season, it's like, yeah, well, he's he, a good lad and he works hard. And I think, you haven't, you didn't want him. You can tell it's written all over your face. Yeah, Where it's like, with other managers, it's like, yeah, he's, he, I want him as my left winger, I want him as my left back, him as my right back. You just, I don't know, I just, I'm sort of swaying towards you a bit and saying, Something needs to change upstairs because it's not just one manager; it's every manager. Yeah, it's the sort same of problem all the time. It's, it's like when Pulis Pulis came in. Pulis was there for a long time, but you've got to think when Coates came in back then. When, I mean, when was that now? Eighteen years ago, when Coates first come back in. Yeah, twelve years ago, thirteen years ago, something like that. He came in and he had a way of buying players. That hasn't changed till now. Yeah. Still, still the same system. You know, eventually you have to modernise. He lost the club in the first place for not modernising. Yeah. And it's it's happening again. It's happening again. And I'm looking at that squad. You've got with the times, aren't you? I mean, the thing is, it's no different than any other job. It's like my job now. You bring new gear out for use. You've got to get on board with it a bit. As much as you can go, well, I'll stick to what I know and stuff like that. But if it's making the job quicker and you're making more money out of it, then you've got to look at the way things are done now compared to what they were 20 years ago and yeah. it's progression that's what it's called isn't it it's, everything's got a progression yeah, yeah, it's no it's different than having a new phone is it yeah, yeah, you have it's a time. a better phone than the last one you have like, a system whatever. and you have a time limit and, you, and there's no point bringing a manager in if you aren't going to change the way you buy players if you bring in a manager that, that can work with industrial old players like purely scored then fair enough, you can stick with that system. But then when you bring a manager in like Mark Hughes that likes his flair players from abroad that have got creativity and movement, then you have to change the system accordingly so that you go out there and bring in and scout good foreign lads. Not garbage like Ossoli and Bewley. Real quality. But then it comes I mean, back to the same that thing. Was the time. That was the time. When we finished ninth, that was the time going right. We need to change the way we do things. We've got a good squad. Now we need to push on. And instead we went, well, we've got a good squad, we'll be fine next year. And then as the years ticked on, it went, he's left, he's retired, he's getting too old, he wants to move. Before you know it, you've got an awful side. Yeah, it's okay, that's, that's what happened. quick, it's that quick. Well, you've got to think, like, I mean, one one thing we never learnt was, was Arnie was probably the steal of the century. We got him for what was it, two and a half million from Vera Bremen. Two and a half million we got him for, and what a player he was. But the thing is, we didn't understand how important to our team he was until he left. He was he was the only player in our team that would create a chance because he picked the ball up, he'd run up the pitch, beat two players, and put a ball in the box where he'd have a shot. He was he was he was he was our player. Simple as that. He was the only player in our team that was going to get us up the pitch. We sold him to West Ham, which was ridiculous in its own place. But he saw the he saw the iceberg before all of us. After that, we since then we 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 can't create a chance. You know, Shakiri had blimps where every now and again he he'd do a bit of magic and then you wouldn't see him for five games. But yeah, it's inconsistent, wasn't it? The fact is that we we've just done the exact same thing. We're just, we're just not bringing in quality. 
And it's like, but the problem is, it's like now this season, honestly, our board thought it would be okay to make a 31, a 30 year old who's not far away from 31 and go, ah, oh, he'll be all right, let's turn James McLean into a left wing back. Are you, are you, are you brain dead? The man's never played there and he's at the end of his career. He's only got a couple of years for retirement it's in and you're asking him to change his entire philosophy and position. Well, listen, the thing is, it's like Arthur I know he had a good game against Huddersfield at right back, but he's still only a young lad and he's a centre-off. <laughs> yeah, he's the, to me, he's the, only, he's the only good signing for me that Nathan Jones has brought in. He's young, he's ready, he's, he's got energy about him and he wants a career. He wants to do well here so he can impress for Tottenham. You know, he, he, it's, it's just how it works. The fact is, he had last season he was one of the best players for Swansea. Swansea tried to get him back in on loan, and apparently even Fing had a bit of a sneaky punt try getting permanently. Uh, Potty at Brighton, but he wanted to stay as a Tottenham player, so he came to Stoke on loan instead. It's a good signing. That's the only for me good signing we brought in this season, because the rest of them are all the all happens. We have one. Only surprised me. Only surprised me. I was thinking, have we scouted him? Have we ended up getting like somebody in of that quality? Yeah. Because if you if you think back to them days when Arnie came in and just before players came in and they did all right, but they were just the same. It was like a big yo-yo of players that you go, well, he scored eight goals he did last season. Yeah, but we had we, we had the, we had the absolute genius Michael Kiley. Yeah, I mean there were some awful signings even under Pulis. Oh yeah, there was yeah. Yeah, the shocking ones, and, and the thing is, one or two surprised you along the way. She surprised me when he came in, to be honest. Yeah, how, how rubbish he was. Well, not rubbish he was. I, I, when we signed him, I thought we were getting the next Messi. We were, we were talking, and then I was like, he, he ain't doing a lot, is he? <laughs> okay, okay. I'm, I'm expecting magic here. When's this magic? I thought he was just a little fat dwarf, to be honest, the way he ran up and down the right side. He's got no pace to him whatsoever. But I tell you what, he did have he did have quality. His left foot was magic at times. I'll, I'll give him that. It's just we didn't see enough. I mean, you go to like so. We'll, I mean, we'll go into it now, like the, the window that we've had this this summer. I mean, let's look through the players. So we signed Adam Davies free transfer. We brought in Liam Lindsay, three million pound from Barnsley. We brought Stephen Ward in, free transfer from Burnley. Tommy Smith, four million pounds from uh, Huddersfield, Monty. And there's more. I mean, I to remember him's hard. Nick Powell, Jordan Cousins, Lee Gregory, uh, Scott Hogan, loan. Uh, Duffy, wherever he's gone now, loan. And Cameron Carter Vickers. Uh, would you say it's been a, was did you reckon any of them have, are going to have long lasting Stoke legacies? No, not unless. Uh, I don't know. The, the thing is, though, that what I know this isn't real, but if you had Stoke's budget given you at the start of the season and wage budgets, I still think I could find a better team with the amount of money that was given. Well, nothing. So, <laughs> Go on then, go on. No, I'm just saying, <laughs> I, I think I 
They were top last week. Yeah, they'll be bottom again next year. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're right up there. I think the second or third QPR. Who's their manager now? No idea. <laughs> Honest to God, no idea. I thought it was Nobby with the Bradley added. No, McLaren oh. left, didn't he, at the end Nobby. of the season. They, they sacked him, didn't they? But they've got on fire Naki Wells, who they got for nothing. He did well at Bradford, didn't he, years ago? Yeah, Andy did well at Burnley, getting promoted. And then... <laughs> and then Oh yeah, he looks like a player that has got no confidence and, and no ability in himself. I mean, his mistake against Sheffield Wednesday directly cost us a goal. He's, I mean, he was nowhere to be. I mean, if you look at the defensive lineup for the Millwall goal, it's pathetic. They're all miles away from everyone. I mean, it's like a big. I suppose if you look at it in one sense, because I think I said it a couple of weeks ago. Wednesday left Barnsley, and Barnsley went down. He won Player of the Season. Let's be honest. Let's have a look at it now. So the the four talented youngsters that the manager was looking at because we were looking at them last season was Scott McKenna from Aberdeen, Matt Clark from Portsmouth, Liam Lindsay, and come uh, in Danny Batts. They were the four players that all Stoke were being linked into in January. Which two did they sign? Bats. Yeah, the two cheapest. <laughs> the two cheapest. But if you put that together. Those two signs, six and a half million, you could have bought Matt Clark. Did Clark stay at Portsmouth though? No, he went to Brighton, didn't he? And now on loan at Derby. Oh, he's still moving about then. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I mean. Well, Stoke were linked to him, weren't they, in January? And to be fair, he didn't want to move because Portsmouth were high, weren't they? I think they were second at that point. So he thought he was going to captain them to promotion to the championship and he didn't want to move yet. So fair enough. But then in the summer, we decided to... So we decided to go for Danny Bat instead. Why didn't go for Scott McKenney? Well, he'd think he'd move down, wouldn't you, to the English League? He Most would. Scottish players, but most people out of Scottish leagues would more prefer to be playing in England. Yeah, he would do. He'd move. Yeah. If, you put the, if you put the fee in, he would have moved. If they put in the £8 million that Aberdeen wanted, he would have moved. He'd be a Stoke defender now. But yeah. he wouldn't pay because he looked, oh, £3.5 million pounds for this has been. They can't get in the Middlesbrough side, or eight million pounds for a twenty-two year old, a twenty-one year old that's doing brilliantly for Aberdeen. Yeah. Danny Bats is three and a half million. That that's how our board thinks. That is how our board thinks, and that's why we're in the position we're in. Things need to change. Simple as that. I think maybe though sometimes they're panicking because, like, obviously they've brought players in before for big money, haven't they? That haven't worked out. Yeah. Yeah. All of them. <laughs> when I watched, I remember when he came in, I had no idea who he was. So I went online, I watched some videos of him. I thought, because he's a good, he is a good midfielder. He gets forward, he's powerful, he's strong. Um, he's 
dead physical and I thought it'd be perfect for us then he came in and I thought well, he ain't that physical yeah he gets forward but not very productive and stuff like that and you just think where, where did that one go wrong at the end of the day he looked well but then when you start reading into it and start looking at articles about him he's like Porto fans booed him every time he was warming up <laughs> every time he played yeah his attitude stinks yeah <laughs> Yeah, but I'll, I'll say it and say it again. That was a panic buy. It was a panic buy because we were because and so on. No, on it was before. It was after that. It was January window, wasn't it? So we were trying to get Alex Witzel for three weeks of that window, but we wouldn't pay the money. It's like Zenit just made it dead clear. Give us twenty four million, twenty three million. He's your player. You can negotiate with him. If he agrees, leave. He leaves. Still yeah, going, oh, we'll give you 18. I'll say it in different language, shall I? 23 million or he stays here. 18, 18 and a half. They like these idiots on Spock, aren't they? Yeah, this is our club. I mean, it's like... It's like it's, it's like that agent we know. That agent we know who, who was who had bit, bit parts with the Peter Crouch deal. You know, we're not going to we're not going to name him. Yeah, we're not going to we're not going to name him or do anything like that. But he said that the deal was all done and dusted. They all went for a f- fuck. Good if I for a sigmar. They all went out for a brew and then come back in and, and Skulls tried to take two million pounds off the deal when it had been agreed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, 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 the problem is the worst things get the more stories you can read like that. Yeah, they're going to come out. They're going to come out now. They'll come out eventually. And it's but the things that really annoy me at the moment are people like Dennis Smith and Mike Pedrick. Now, fair enough, the Stoke legends and they are. There's no question of that. I mean, Dennis Smith is third all time appearance record all empty. They are legends without question of doubt. But I, I, like I said a few times now, I went on Praise and Rumble on on Boosie Radio Stoke, and I, and I, I went on. And if you notice, they don't let me go back to him. So I'll have me, I'll have me say, and I say, this manager hasn't got what he wants, which I will never, never say otherwise. I'll never change my mind that these players have not got what they want. There's a list of five, and he's got to pick the best of what he has. And if there's crap on that list of five, he's picking the best of the worst. That's what I'll say. But Pedic went to the radio after I had my say and said, no, he's 100% got every single player he wanted. Absolute bollocks. Absolute bollocks. You're telling me there's a list of any list. He's going to tell you what. I fancy that Stephen Ward. You know, that one who hasn't played for two years at Burnley and, and apparently has got a really bad leg because he's got a serious injury. Oh, and he's 33. Brilliant. Brilliant. He'll get up and down that wing. No problem. Are you sure? Yeah, let's get him signed. He's, he'll be the next Ryan Giggs. The trouble is, no, no, some of these ex-professionals no, no will. incentives, aren't they, with the club? They're not going to sit there and tear strips off them. Yeah, they won't. Not. But they, they've, not, but, they've got too much things to do, these evening dinners and all this yeah. sort of stuff. But, but, the club pays them a little bit of money here and there, and you're like, yeah, you won't dare say anything too bad about Stoke, in case Stoke turn around and go, well, them, uh, them evenings you have where you get paid X amount of money, you're not, you're not doing them because you made us look around mockery on the radio. And yeah, you know, that's no, what they do. They won't do it. That's they what I mean. Dare do it. But, but they don't mind tearing chunks out the manager. No, 
It's like this week, Danny Smith's had a go at the manager and said this and said that at the end of the game, saying, oh, it's his fault, he did this, he did that. They don't mind tearing chunks out of the manager, but as soon as I say Peter Cook's made a bad decision, oh, he's got an odd job, he, he tries his bloody best, he does. No, don't, I'm, not, I'm not talking about your fancy lunches and, and talking in the press every now and again. I'm on about the state of the club. Yeah. And the state the club is in is because we've got a board that doesn't know how to fix the mistakes it's made. So then, they praise and grumble do. When some fans come on and, and I think, yeah, what he's saying is true, they, they don't want your faith. They want the idiots to come on. They, do you know what I mean? They want the idiot who's just fell out of the pub <laughs> and, and, talk, and, and just talk for, for two minutes. We try and say they now. Want the sensible ones, because every time there's a sensible one on, you think, yeah, he's got a good point there, he's got a good point. There aren't very few and far between. It's always someone who comes on and, like, when we've won 3 0 and go, look what good enough. But it's that woman who's on every week going, ah, you know me, it, I, I like him winning, I don't like him losing, John. Right. <laughs> yeah, Charles, cheers, Barbara, it. see you next week. <laughs> Literally went on and said nothing. <laughs> Talked but said nothing. You know, it's one of them kind of people. I mean, and they'll, they'll shoot to somebody from crew who's a Stoke fan. Yeah. Or they'll, uh, we've got a crew fan on who's uh, in South America. Hello? <laughs> <laughs> Hello? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like I've said before, though, there's that, many, there's that many just there's that many problems at the moment that I'm really worried about the club. I'm really in a state of worry at the moment. I mean... <laughs> I mean, we've had a massive rant here. We've had an hour rant now talking about it, and but I think it needs saying. I do. I think it needs saying. If people don't want to listen, they don't have to switch it off, won't they? But I just think it. I just think it needs saying. There's there's, there's too much bad decision making at the moment. It needs. We need change. This morning, and there's fans saying a similar sort of thing we've said um, tonight, and and then people commenting and slating him in his game, but. That's how passionate the thing is. Stoke fans are quick enough to say, "Oh well, you're not backing the club, and you're not you're not sort of um, getting behind the lads." But we've got nothing to get behind. Yeah, there isn't. There's this nothing is why there. Fans are turning. Yeah, the, not just against the manager. Because the thing is, I think a good eighty percent of Stoke fans really, really wanted Jones to do well. Yeah, no, I do. I, I still well do. Liked. He's a nice guy, and I think they really wanted to get behind him. Now, let's face it, when Hughes got sacked, the atmosphere was toxic. It wasn't like, oh, well, he's a nice bloke, but we want we want a change. It was, we want you out before we throw you out, sort of. Well, I mean, it, it got to that stage because it was, two, it was two years in the making, his sacking. It was two years in the making before he finally got the boots because it was just slowly demising. But the thing is, we, we've, we've not done any better since. Let's be honest, we haven't done any better since. We've literally just plummeted down since then. We, we're, we're, nothing's improved since that. I mean, we're, we're bottom again now, aren't we? The Barnes have pick up a point. No, not, not according to the 10th and I've just looked at it. It says still second bottom. Yeah, we're second bottom with Barnsley. And Barnsley are terrible. You know, th this is the fact. I mean, it's, it's like... It, it, I mean, people keep like Steve Turnbull, for example. I keep bringing him up because he keeps moaning. He's... But the fact is that he just he has got nothing to say. He just he, he just he's just angry and going bring Pulis back, bring Pulis back like a spoilt child. And it's like, did you notice how quiet he was on the page 
when yeah. we beat Swansea and Fulham. Didn't hear off him. Didn't he was like a silent little mouse. As soon as we lost to Sheffield Wednesday, he's on, get him out, he's on, get him gone, tell him, get him sacked, get purely sick. He just doesn't like him, pure and simple. Just doesn't like Nathan Jones, didn't like him from day one, doesn't rate him. Which is fair enough, I do. I think there's a quality manager in there, but... That's, that's but, Steve's opinion, isn't it, yeah. at the end of the day? Yeah, well, of course so. it's his opinion, he can say whatever he wants, so I'll moan and, yeah. and I'll have my opinion. That's how it works. Yeah. That's what I mean from Scholar Green, world famous. But the, the, he sounded like Brian Potter then. I'm like Brian Clough. <laughs> 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 we'll bloody boot that. <laughs> but the, if you, if we go to it seriously now and we go back to what to the state the club's in, I don't blame Nathan Jones. I'm blaming the board on everything at the moment. I don't care what they do, what they do. It doesn't matter who we bring in. The same mistakes will happen if it's not yeah. Pulis, because the same mistakes will happen because. The, they'll give him this squad he's got now he'll be the complete opposite of Jones how can we swing from one to the other we had Mark Hughes and then we swung to Paul Lambert who's a defensive manager then we decided oh we'll get a younger version of him with Gary Rowett and then we go no that's not working so we go to an attacking manager with Nathan Jones are we going to go back to a defensive one next well the thing is that's like what some fans have said to me that um, people need to get out of the past. Now we've touched on the fact that you need progression, which I understand. But the thing is, when you're in such a bad state, there's no nothing wrong with experience either. And the thing is, with Pulis, is you're guaranteed. What we will do is defend properly. There's no, there's no two ways about it. He isn't good watch. But all his teams can defend. That's the be all and end all of it, isn't it? And that's what we need. Because the thing is, if we start defending properly, then maybe some of them players up top might do something. I think he'd give Tyrese Campbell a great boost of confidence, I think. Pulis come in, I do. Because the thing is, he's a good man manager. It's not about the way he plays, it's about the way he is with the players. Because some of the players that walked through Stoke's doors when we got promoted were like... Why on earth have we brought him in? And, and they do all right. Everybody did all right. Well, Even Danny Pews and stuff, they did all right. Danny Collins. We really haven't mentioned him for a few weeks. <laughs> Danny <laughs> Collins. Super Danny Collins. <laughs> <laughs> they, they all did pretty, pretty decent. It's like Dean Whitehead. Oh, I love Dean Whitehead. come in and I went, why have we brought him? Because he was, he was, he was a rock in the field. In the middle. He was, he was a rock. He was, a, he was yeah, like a rock. He was. And he, I mean, when Peely brought players in, he, he didn't bring any quality, but they could pass forward. Even though people, people, Mark Slayton, they don't keep passing sideways and wasting wasting possession. They, they get the ball forward and they do a job. I mean, if Peely came in now, he'd have a field day with Sam. Sam Vokes would be back in the side. He'd be putting balls up to him, pinging it down, and he'd have Campbell. He's on the wing. And he'd have Campbell. He's on the wing. Yeah, yeah, in Valinden when he comes back in, he'll probably start using Valinden on the left side, swinging balls and dragging them on Vokes' head. You know, he, he, he would figure it out. He'd, have to, he'd probably have to bring in two or three players in January, but he'd get us going again. He'd get us all to be... He could terminate his loan and bring him back. Yeah, he could, could do. I know it's only till January anyway, I think, Valinden's. So I think he's back. he's back in a couple of months anyway. So, you know... That could be a blessing in disguise. 
I mean, if like I say, if we could get Pulis in next week, I'd go for it. I would. I'd give him a third stint, I'd bring him back, and we go from there. He's a good manager. We know that because the fact is that there's no point to us getting the next Eddie Howe. There's no point to us getting the next Sean Dash because the fact is our board won't know how to back him. They don't know what they're doing. They're, we, we need because the thing is, if it wasn't for Pulis, we wouldn't have gotten the Premier League anyway. As, sim no. as simple as that, you know. Coach wasn't spending money then either. So, for me, we need to get Pulis in, get hard to beat, avoid relegation, and then and then start thinking about new owners. That that's what I think the club needs to do now. I think the coach family should be active active in trying to get replacements for themselves. That's that's what I'm saying. I'll say I'll say publicly now. I want them gone. There's a lot of people who don't, and, I, and I, that's their opinion. If they don't want to see the coach family go, that's fine. But I'm starting to see through them now. And in this thing where they said they want to be self-sufficient, which has completely killed the club since they've said they're going to do that model. I'm sorry, self-sufficient to me says giving up. Yeah. If somebody comes out and goes, I'm being, I'm, I'm going to turn this club self-sufficient. Why? Because I'm giving up. I don't spend my money. That if you don't, if you want to go self-sufficient, then leave. Go. Thanks for what you've done in the past. Thanks for all the stuff you've done. That's great. Do you think it's getting a bit like a side thought, the coach? Well, yeah, well, of course it is. He's, anyway, he's, he's, nearly 80, he's, he's nearly eighty-one anyway. John runs it now, and the fact is that John ran. From what I'm reading, I don't know if it's true or not, but apparently ran the other businesses into the ground. And to be honest, he's got no business attributes or ability in football. So I don't understand why he could be the next man to run the club. You, you know, he's, he's been stood behind watching how Peter Coates runs it for, his dad's been running it for 10 odd years, yeah. But, you know, for me. Well, that's not a different thought process. Yeah, I mean, it's like, the problem. You're he, he watching your dad do it, who's done it for a long time. And it's like, well, my dad taught me, so that means you'll have exactly the same thought process. Yeah. Whereas the reality is that some people have a different character to the mum and dad. And, and they might want to come in and go, well, I hated the way my dad did that, so I want to do it this way. Yeah. Whereas because you've got no business acumen in that sense and you just tagged along for the ride a little bit, and you just get the feeling that he'd come in and be like, well, it's not like anything's changed really. Because I think that's happened at work, and answer because Dave Whelan's Southampton, Unreal. unbelievable. That, to be honest, if I if I if I said anything, like when people say, "Oh yeah, oh careful, you wish for Leicester," I'll say Leicester all the time. Look at how incredible those foreigners have run that club. They're the best owners in the Premier League. Yeah, 
No. One owner's died and they still doing yeah. amazing. They're, they're getting better. <laughs> they're, getting, they're getting better every year. They're improving every year. And it's like, it's not only that, they're making money. They sold Harry Maguire for £80 million. That that's, defense, that's a good deal, that Yeah, is. but the defence doesn't even look like it's missing him. Well, they've had that new lad in, haven't they? Um, I call him foreign lad, and he's, he's absolutely mustard. Exactly. He's a young lad. I know they got him for, what was it, eight, nine million? And then yeah. they, they sold Maguire for 80. They've got a top manager. <laughs> and they've got a top manager now, Brennan Rogers, who I, he's the man I wanted when Mark Hughes was wobbling. And I got slated. I got slated. Everyone was going, you're mad. We don't want him in. Look what he did at Liverpool. What, nearly won the title? <laughs> you know, it's like they won 9 0 the other day, but they're so consistent. They're rarely losing. And well, the third, the third in the division. Yeah, the third as well. And it's, it's because the board know when it's time to buy, and they, but they won't sell people cheap. It's like they sold Finger, didn't they? Mares for what was it, 78 million? They sold Kante for 38. They sold, uh, what's his name as well, there was that other one they sold for big money. I think it's Rogers has come in, and he has backed the kids. Yeah, he will do, he's, yeah. He's got loads of kids in there who played Friday. I watched the game, and there's one or two I didn't recognise, and you think... Yeah, Chilwell's come through, now in England International. He's got some, oh, yeah, with that Barnes who plays up front. So. Oh, Harvey, yeah, well, he's the reason West Brom didn't go up last year, because he left halfway through season, didn't he? But, yeah, because Rogers has said that Barnes could be sort of... Right up there, world class. Yeah, he, he could be because he, he looks a really good player. And Leicester have pushed him in, got rid of Demari Gray, and because Harvey Barnes is a better player. And well, it's, Gray's on bench now, isn't he for him? Yeah, well, that's the best place for him. There's no, he's one of them players, isn't he? He's all dick, no bollocks. That's the thing with Demari Gray. A bit like Andy Gray. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he needs. He's all speed, but no quality at the end. That's the thing with Damari Gray. He's just a good player bringing off the bench when people legs are tired. Right, go on, Damari, run at him. Don't let me do anything else. No, just run at him. <laughs> and that's, like I say, it's it, their model. Uh, I mean, they went down when we went up. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's, they went to League One, sold to foreign owners, and, and then... And brought Nigel Pearson, rebuilt from that league, had back-to-back promotions after they took over, survived by the skin of the teeth, and then the year after went on, as we all know, went on to win the Premier League title. Best of it is, I went Leicester away. Yeah, they nearly went down, and that's one of the worst sides I'd seen in yeah. years. It was shocking. But their only. Their previous owner was the one who got them in the Premier League for 10 years under Martin O'Neill. Well, yes, won them two League Cups, but took them to the Premier League, kept them there for, what was it, seven, eight years, and then took them down, couldn't fix it, and everything fell apart. He sold to Forest. Similar. Who's that sound like? Peter Coates and Stoke. You know, he kept us in the Premier League for 10 years, and it's time to go. It's time for him to move it's on. So time it's, for change. It's time for change. It's simple as that. It's time for change. It's time for fresh faces, new ideas, and new money. Yeah. It's, it is. It's time. It's time for. I mean, if we go out there, we. we I mean, to be honest, we'd move, I think we'd be a clever investor for the Asian. 
for the age, it's like a rich Asian man because yeah. of history. They love history, don't they? There's like a history connection with with Asian culture, and you know the oldest club in the league. Well, fifth, fifth now, aren't we? <laughs> they take that off as the only time, the only thing to be proud of, and they take that off as well now. Yeah. Give it five. Even though, even though Nottingham Forest were the, are now the oldest, even though they never they weren't anywhere near the first ever English division, which makes no sense. Technicality makes somewhere. Yeah, it's it's, it's alright. Uh, sorry, sorry, I just uh, spiders just crawled across my face. <laughs> oh, that's that's unusual. <laughs> anyway, do we know what happened to the women? How did the women get on? Let's, let's try bring a bit of positive in before we go. Yeah, it probably has to be fair, yeah, waterlogged. Uh, very unprofessional, really, just not checking. Yeah, no, I called out Saturday and um, there was a few places that I'm surprised there wasn't small rowing boats on, to be honest. Who have we got this weekend? Everywhere at Monday, aren't we? Is it Monday? Yeah, it's Monday next. Monday, uh, is it Middlesbrough? That's from bad to worse, so I'm not bothered. I'm not bothered. I'm not bothered. I'm not bothered. It's depressing now. It is, it, is, it is a chore at the moment being a Stoke fan, it really is. We just could put the, the thing is, we don't need to sit here and worry, things will improve, things will get better, we just, we just need new owners. Just don't need no one. I know, it's not knowing when that's the problem. I just don't want them dark days back when we're in the in League One. I, I just don't want them back. Because the thing is, if financial fair play does it, and we do go down, we're, we're going to have a transfer embargo in League One. Yeah. So, it, it gets back, it honestly gets from bad to worse. Yeah, I can't disagree with that, mate. We're only buying players out of the conference. Who would have been telling me that? We're with Tom Poe. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cruel mistress footballers. Cruel way, God, that's that's a far cry from United away, isn't it? Oh, I know, yeah. League One. Yeah. <laughs> At we least we'll have Sunderland. On buzz. I know, I think, I think we'll have Sunderland away next year as well. That might be a decent one. Blackpool. How's Sunderland getting on? I think they're like, seventh, aren't they? I think it's seventh. Oh. Not doing well. That's why they sat the manager, aren't they? That's why they tried to get round. Yeah, yeah, I'm not surprised. We've just been up there. Yeah, it's cold, isn't it? Right, so that's another exciting edition of the podcast. Not really, obviously. Rant, <laughs> it's just been a, a large one hour rant. Yeah. But uh, I think it's stuff that needed and said. So thanks for listening. Ta from me. And it's a ta from me. All the best. All the best. Ta